All right, welcome into this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. We have a first uh, in the history of my podcast. Such a long conversation that was so free form uh, that I had to break it into multiple parts because um, I ended up talking to my guest, Mike Silverman, for about two and a half hours. Mike and I met on the Kettlebell Kings uh, online forum on Facebook uh, and I reached out to him uh, in, a, in a direct message because he just seemed like the kind of guy uh, that I would really get along with and that whose perspective I would really enjoy based on uh, the interactions that we had had on, on Facebook. And he has a very interesting and extensive background. He started his career um, back in the late 80s as a firefighter and paramedic. He was also uh, an athletic trainer. He has a degree in kinesiology from the University of Maryland uh, 1997. Uh, he's retired army, uh, as well as uh, retired firefighter, retired paramedic. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of really interesting and uh, extensive background. And now he is uh, into the kettlebell scene, particularly into kettlebell sport. Um, but he started off, like many of us, in uh, in more of the hard style. Uh, more of the hard style tradition, which we get into in this conversation, but uh, his his list of credentials is is quite extensive. Um, I mentioned the BS in kinesiology. He's also Brookbook Institute Human Movement Specialist, a certified personal trainer. Um, with multiple certifications, living.fit slash Kettlebell Kings Advanced Kettlebell Coach, uh, a NASM Women's Fitness Specialist, AFAA Certified Group Fitness Instructor, Action Certified Advanced Nutrition, uh, CrossFit Concepts Level 1 Steel Mason Indian Clubs Instructor, Hard Style uh, Kettlebell Certified, so HKC. Um, so a number of certifications as well as a, a bunch of expired certifications that he, he doesn't list on his resume because uh, he doesn't want to misrepresent his his uh, credentials, um, you know, give anybody the impression that that old credentials that he's let expire are still active. So he he has an extensive education, and I think you'll you'll get a sense of uh, just how much Mike knows. The breadth and depth of his knowledge is is very impressive, and he's uh, very opinionated too, which I love. Uh, he doesn't back down. He has his opinions, and he they're very grounded uh, in logic and reason and uh, ethics. He has a very strong sense of ethical behavior as well, and we get into a lot of that. That um, you know, uh, there's this was honestly my most challenging job from an audio editing standpoint because uh, there was so much content to get through. Uh, I'm honestly not done. Um, I had to split it into two chunks, um, but I think I think I hopefully made it relatively uh, <laughs> relatively salient and palatable for everybody. Um, but I really hope you enjoy the conversation. You will kind of jump in right at the uh, in in the middle of a conversation that was ongoing because uh, there wasn't any smooth introduction or anything like that we just were two guys who just uh started talking and didn't stop for for multiple hours and and the conversations have continued uh offline as well um so or, or not in the uh in the recording studio so we, we've continued to talk about a, a number of other topics as well so uh i you know i very thoroughly enjoyed this conversation i really look forward to connecting with mike uh more in person um so Without further ado, we will get into this week's episode with Mike Silverman from That Guy Fitness. I hope you enjoy. Thanks. They said, when I retired, it was time. I mean, it was, it was really, it was time. Uh, and I didn't really choose to get out of that time, right? So um, I, I trashed my lungs up at ground zero, just absolutely destroyed them. Um, I get shorter breath going up flights of stairs, right? Cardio, you're adorable. That's hilarious. You oh, oh, that's funny. Oh, control my breathing. I'll get right on that, right? My lungs are trashed, right? And they're, and they're not going to come much back better. Um, but you get to a certain point um, with, um, you know, with, with it that, uh, you know, where you, you can't really physically do it anymore, right? And so they put me out at 18, uh, two years shy of my 20. 
because uh, I, I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't fake pulmonary function tests anymore. I used to have a little stunt that I would pull for my annual physical, which was probably dangerous for myself, not so much for the crew, but more for me. Um, but I would go in for my annual physical, do all my normal stuff, uh, and before they got to any of the respiratory, I'd say that I had a pee. Uh, going to the bathroom, pop two shots of albuterol, and wait about two minutes and then go back in with the doc and be like, yep, looking good, brother. Everything's great. I'm like, fantastic. Just sign this for another year, baby. Um, and so I was, I did that from, uh, uh, from about 2002 till 2007, uh, when I really just couldn't even cover it up anymore. Cause I'd have to take enough albuterol to make my heart race. And I couldn't pass a stress test because I was going to have my heart blow through the, you know, my rib cage, yeah. uh, cause you know, albuterol run your heart rate up pretty nice. Uh, yes. and so <laughs> to the point where you just couldn't, you just couldn't fake it anymore. Right. Finally caught up with me. Um, and so got out in 07, uh, and then, uh, did pretty much what everybody who has absolutely no job or no prospects did, uh, sat on my couch and fucking ate, uh, and, uh, basically, uh, took myself from about 165 pounds to 240. Uh, so literally fat Mike. Uh, and, and Captain Mike was not a very nice guy to begin with because I was just jaded and bitter and fried. And I'm amazed my wife's kept me this long. Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, how, how tall, how tall are you? Me? I'm about five, eight. Okay. So that was yeah, like two, five, eight, two, forty, two, two forty, two forty is a lot to pack onto a five, eight frame. No doubt. Uh, I was a size 44 pants, a size 17 neck, right at five foot eight. Uh, so yeah, I was a bitter, fat, angry little bastard. Uh, and so, uh, probably, I guess about, you know, and, and I was fit as shit at the time, right? I mean, it's like, I was in, you know, I, I'd been training, I'd been, uh, you know, in Maryland's kinesiology program back at the time, you would graduate, uh, with about four certs. And so you'd, you'd graduate with a certified personal trainer, uh, ACSM health fitness instructor, which is now called exercise physiologist certified, um, CSCS, uh, and board eligible for ATC. Uh, I mean, so you came out, you were like employable, fit as shit, ready to go. Man. Yeah. Um, I got involved in CrossFit very early on through the DOD. Um, so, you know, before they were even ANSI certified, right? So like all those pre 2005 certs that are of no value to anybody anymore <laughs> and CrossFit doesn't even acknowledge they ever existed because, you know, blah, 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 were certified, uh, before they went through their ISO 9001 ANSI, let's do NSCA phase. Um, and, uh, so like I said, you know, I was in great shape, second degree black belt in Tong Sudo. I was kickboxing for fun uh i mean i was you know on the swat team right i was in great yeah. shape i looked you know fantastic uh you know 30 something and ready to pull a piss and vinegar ready to take on the world jumping literally jumping out of helicopters and shit right uh and then um you know my shoulder was trash because i fell through a roof in the 90s so i've never had much for you know like overhead press or snatch or anything like that but i could power lift like a freaking beast um you know and so i was you know pulling well over 500 deads pulling well over 300 benches uh, and you know as a little dude is 165 pound guy right yeah, i mean a, five, a 500 pound pull at you know at 5 8 is uh is pretty impressive I mean, yeah i mean I, I, that's, I, a good, that's a good pull yeah and i could and i could pull that unbelted right i mean so like you know in the day i i was i was in pretty good shape uh then uh Went up to ground zero, came back, lungs were trashed, everything sort of kind of slowly degrading a little bit. Uh, and then in 2007, basically, uh, I did what I jokingly call my magic trick. I took off my uniform and watched my ass expand. Um, you know, and, and so it's a, apparently, you know, um, you know, battle rattle does, in fact, hold everything where it belongs. And as soon as you take it off, it's an inflation device, right? Uh, and so just basically got fat as shit. Um, combination of getting fat as shit and PTSD as a motherfucker. And I've got no nicer way of saying that. <laughs> and yeah. so I basically spent uh, about the next six years wallowing and eating. Uh, and uh, did it really pretty poorly. I was just a mean, nasty, pissed off little fucker. Uh, and there's just no nicer way of saying it. I was just not a nice human being. <laughs> um, so 
basically banged around doing handful of different jobs um, thought it would be a great idea to open up a motorcycle shop of all things uh, determine it turns out that when you're a mean nasty bastard you're probably bad at retail um, <laughs> so so that didn't work out so well uh, you know the small business I need a new minutes, carburetor fix it your fucking self the fuck pussy uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know I need some jackets over there asshole. you know it's like you know, hey, my girlfriend needs a jacket. <laughs> Why, man? It just covers her up, right? You know, it's like just being a jerk, right? Uh, it turns out it's just a really bad business model if you're in a customer-based uh, kind of a kind of an industry. Uh, and, and so I ran that into the ground in about two years. Uh, I'm still writing checks every month to the SBA to pay off that wonderful life choice. Uh, you know, probably got about another ten years of paying that shit off, a couple hundred bucks every month for, you know, until I'm dead. Uh, you know, hey, you know, it's like people are like, oh, I hate my college loan. I'm like. <laughs> Hold my beer, uh, you know, or both of them. I don't really even care at this point. Uh, you know, beer's adorable. I just drink vodka now. Um, yeah, I'm a Russian Jew, man. It's genetic. Uh, but, you know, it's what our people are fueled it is, by. It is. It is very true. That is very true. You know, vodka, chicken soup, and brisket, man. If it wasn't for that, we'd all die. Uh, so. Well, it got you through World War Two, so. You know, you know, there's actually a cheers, th- cheers to that. <laughs> there's actually a saying about all Jewish holidays, right? They tried to kill us, they failed. Let's eat. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, that's every single Jewish holiday. Hey, what's Purim? The Iranians, they tried to kill us, they failed. Let's eat. You know, it's like literally every single Jewish holiday. It's the exact same thing. Uh, so, you know, you kind of get a little bit used to that sort of thing. Uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, about 2013, 14-ish, uh, I finally just, I, I looked in the mirror and I realized that I needed to get yet the next size up of clothing. And I said, the hell I will. Uh, and decided not to. Um, a buddy of mine uh, who was literally the little kid across the street growing up, he's about 15 years younger than me. Uh, you know, it's like I was a you know grumpy fireman and he's like the eight year old that lives across the street. And he's like you know, a little blonde kid who used to wave at me when I'd come into my marked car. <coughs> and... Um, and so he'd look over at me and, and he opened up a gym that was a, a military boot camp style gym, like, you know, black hat and yell at people kind of stuff. I mean, like the whole freaking deal, man. You know, like, and I'm like, fuck it, let's go. There's your sign. Get off your ass, dude. Uh, and so I joined his gym and um, in about six months dropped about 55 or 60 pounds. Um, just went just ham. Just absolutely nuts, um, you know. Worked around the shoulder, um, too, you know, too stupid to, to stop, even when it would hurt. Uh, got to the point one time where we were like, you know, a couple of hundred burpees in an hour, and you know, just burpees and wind sprints and sled pushes. The shoulder gave out on me, so I basically just picked up uh, a forty-pound med ball carried it and walking lunged back and forth for those reps. Um, you know, it's just like, nope, shoulder might be dead. I don't care. I will still continue to move and punish myself for the duration of this workout. Uh, so, you know, at that point, you know, probably about six, seven months in, one of the uh, one of the trainers looks over at me and he goes, dude, rumor has it you used to be a trainer. I'm like, once upon a time when I was less fat and less bitter, yes, yes, I was. And he goes, no, like, apparently, like, you were, like, a fairly high-end trainer. I was like, again, once upon a time, you, you know, uh, you know, it's, you know, good once as I once was type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he goes, well, why aren't you training here? I said, because I'm fat and beat to death and look like shit, and I'm not doing this. And he goes, have you looked at yourself lately? What do I mean? He goes, you're, you're not really fat anymore. And I looked over in the mirror and said, well, shit. When did this happen? <laughs> and I'm looking, it's like my clothes are falling off myself. You know, and I kind of knew that I had to buy new stuff, but I was too goddamn cheap to go out and actually read wardrobe. So I'm like, you know, wearing size 44 pants on a size 36 ass. Because uh, well, you don't want to have to, you don't want to have to go rebuy it again if you put the weight back on, right? There's always that like little, that little, you know, narrative in your head, like, well, this is this is probably a phase, and you're gonna you're gonna get fat again <laughs> soon. You don't want to get rid of these clothes, you know? Like I've got, I've got both. I've got my skinny clothes, my fat clothes, and like the clothes I could actually wear that, you know, at that phase of my life, you know? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this wasn't even that. This had been, I had become so just like completely OCD about actually 
know, being not fat that I forgot that I forgot to actually look at the to recognize that I was no longer fat. Um, you know, it's like it, it just I wasn't even looking at myself. I was just going ham. And it was driving my family absolutely batshit crazy, right? So, like, we went out to Michigan, where my wife's family's from, and we went out to, to Sleeping Bear Dunes. Here? Here? Uh, north of Holland, actually. Oh, so, like, there. Yeah, right on the lake, man. Oh. Uh, and so, um, you know, <laughs> Holland, where Blackwater was conceived. <laughs> go, Eric, go! Uh, but, <laughs> All right, man, whatever. Uh, but so we went out there. We went out to Sleeping Bear Dune, and the kids are out with me. And they're like, oh, my God, Dad's going to do some dad shit. And, uh, you know, and like by dad shit, they meant, you know, it's like Dad will just, like, decide he's going to, like, wind sprint across the parking lot or something just arbitrarily. Uh, which, which at that point would be like, you know, it's like I had all this energy just from, you know, losing all that weight and just like banging out, you know, I mean, that's what happens, right? You know, you get yourself back in shape and you just, you know, at a very scientific level, your catecholamine tolerance is uh, uh, change as well as your catecholamine production. And the combination of a lower sensitivity and a higher level of available catecholamine reserves means you get like freaking ricochet rabbit. Um, you, you know, I, I mean, so yeah, I can science out with the best, right? I mean, like I've got a degree in kinesiology. Electrical equipment of meth in your bloodstream all the time. <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm sitting. It's like, look, man, I'll, I'll I'll give you the actual physiology reason for it, and I can science out with the best of the nerds and the best of them, right? But at the end of the day, it's a matter of, yeah, you you got you got fitter. Yeah, you're gonna be hyper as shit. <laughs> and people yeah. just look at me. It's like, why? I was like, it happens. You know, it's like, you don't you don't over you don't over nerd them, right? But so we yeah. get out there. Like, well, you, is, you need energy to work out. You've been working out more, so your body got better at making energy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've got a hundred different ways that I explain really complicated things in a matter of, you know, less than complicated. Uh, and I do have some of my clients that will actually ask for that. Like I have one of my clients who is actually working on the coronavirus vaccine uh, for a major pharmaceutical company. She's the chief medical officer of a major pharmaceutical company. Uh, and I mean, this woman's got like, a you know, an MD and 27 ancillary degrees on there has forgotten more about endocrinology than the average human will ever learn. And with her, yes, I will absolutely nerd out because she loves it. Right. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like she'll spar with me on it. Um, but, you, you know, when I, you know, when I get, you know, Mongo want lift barbell, um, yeah, it's probably not really going to be a productive engagement. Right? <laughs> yeah. You got to meet where they're at for sure. You know, so, you know, I've got a, I've got a 64 year old former football player a guy played for the bills. who was one of my clients and this guy is broken. Now he owns a state farm agency, right? Um, this, this guy is, you know, and, and oh, he, he totally does not get the from state farm jokes. Uh, he's too old for it. <laughs> I've totally put it. I was like, yeah, it's Jimmy from state farm. He's like, what? <laughs> totally doesn't get it. Right? It makes, makes me laugh every damn time. The other trainers in the gym just start busting out. He has no. You came into the gym one time in a red polo shirt, and I almost lost my shit. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but you know, after, you know, kind of getting myself put back together, um, I go out to this dune. It was one of those sort of like reality moments. And the kids are looking at me, young teens at the time. Uh, and this is like a 3,500-foot sand dune. Wow. I, I mean, Michigan's got some pretty good-sized dunes, right? Yeah, they do, yeah. And I look at this thing and I go, race you to the top. And they look at me like, a, they're like, yeah, okay, that's funny. And then I just took off. And they're just like, oh, shit. He, was, he wasn't kidding. And next thing you know, like, I'm up at the top. My son, like, comes up next to me and he's like, <laughs> I'm just like, what? And, he, and I look behind me and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, dude, there's no way up this thing. And you see people are, like, crawling hand over hand. And I'm, like, in a full run. Uh, you know, when I get up to the top of this dune and I start doing like the Rocky dance, you know, and my <laughs> wife's sitting down the bottom of the parking lot and I can see her like a speck and she's like laughing like, what the fuck did you eat, dude? <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, and, and at that point you kind of realize like, holy crap, I, I actually am not like the old slow beat to death fat fireman anymore. <laughs> Shit, something must have happened. Wow. Uh, and so we, we got back from our family vacation and I went in and I, I, I talked to the gym owner. Uh, you know, I, I looked at him and I said, hey, man, a couple of the trainers are telling me that I should, you know, start teaching here. And he just like, he goes, you got a current cert? And I'm like, no. He goes, can you get one? And I was like, you got the test handy? I can probably cold wing it and get through. I mean, it's whatever, dude. I mean, trainer certs are like, you know, dude, study for them in a weekend. Can't be that kind of tough. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he goes, and, and uh, so he goes, no, I said, do you have a preference as to which one? He goes, well, I mean, we really like this expensive shirt or that expensive shirt. I said, okay, so let me rephrase that. Which one are you paying for? Uh, and he said, well, none of them. I said, great, I'll be getting the cheapest one that's acceptable. Uh, and he started laughing. I said, dude, I got a degree in this shit. I'm not sitting here comparing pedigrees all day to teach $20 boot camps. I'm not doing it, all right? You're paying me 20 bucks to teach a fucking boot camp. I'm not spending $800 on a cert to teach $20 boot camps. Um, and he goes, all right, fair enough. So I went out and I, I picked up a reasonably cheap trainer cert. And uh, next week started uh, started teaching boot camps. Um, did that for for him for probably about two and a half years. Then uh, walked away from that gym just because the um, the other owner was such a flaming narcissist. Um, I, I just couldn't deal with it. Right? It's one of the there's certain qualities that you just want to punch people for on pretty much a regular basis. Uh, and um, you know, and any things that are either sort of gaps in professional ethics or narcissism are like two of my absolutely intolerable acts, to put it in revolutionary speak. Um, but, you know, it's like you go in there and it's like, you know, typical gym, you know, you walk through, you know, and they'll have like some inspirational quotes from like Eleanor Roosevelt or, you know, you know, Machiavelli or whatever makes you tick, right? Uh, this guy, the walls are covered with quotes from him. I'm like... Right. You look at pictures on the wall in the typical gym, right? And they're like pictures of members working out or some, you know, dude that they Schwarzenegger crazy. maybe or, you know, whatever. Right. The gym somebody cool that worked out at your gym or, you know, somebody that they oiled up in front of, uh, you know, in front of a squat rack for Instagram or some shit, right? No, 80% of the pictures are of him. And, uh, and we started basically referring to the place as the Church of Danny. Uh, because it's like effectively he had set up altars to himself throughout this gym. And I'm just like, you know, I, I just can't do this shit anymore. Uh, and this, you know, he, he's formed himself this nice little social media bubble, right? Where all of the sycophants, <laughs> oh my God, you're so great. Um, you know, and, and, and they just puff him up and it, it's effective. I was like, you know what? have a religion already i really don't need a second one in my life at this point uh you know and it's the same reason that i'm sort of like not involved with crossfit right it's like i only have room for one cult in my world um you know i really don't need a second thanks you know uh, i mean if you want to talk to my rabbi hey cool uh, but at the end of the day you know you know honestly i'm not uh, no uh and so how about how about hard how about hard style versus gear voice sports style let's <laughs> we can get into those so those, fantastic those those, those, those church of, of so 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 funny you should bring that up <laughs> so i have a personal aversion to, to cults of personality right so and, and part of it's just because as a jewish kid they never work out well for us uh, <laughs> you know i'm just saying you know typically it's not to my advantage right you know the czars yeah pogroms you might have heard of them hitler yeah not a buddy uh you know um you know and, and so you know king ahashveros let's go really old school right you know didn't work out to our advantage right so, so I tend to have a, a phenomenal personal aversion to cults of personality, right? You know, you don't worship a human. Um, you don't, uh, you know, you don't swab his ass to get the sweat, right? I mean, it's just like, he's just a dude, right? Um, you know, if you listen to Julie Mason on Sirius XM, she'll tell you never fall in love with a politician. They're just politicians, uh, you know? And, and, and so I sort of look at it that way. And so originally when I started with kettlebells, I did start in the RKC system. Um, went through the program. I actually took my course from, uh, the, you know, from, from, from Andrea, the director of training, right? Duquesne's mm -hmm. wife. Yeah, uh, Duquesne. yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like, I took it from like the top instructor in the whole thing. Um, you know, Mike Krivka, one of their master, uh, RKCs is a good friend of mine. His gym's 10 minutes up the street from me. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, buddy, we're yeah, you're, you're in Bethesda, you're in Bethesda, right? Yeah, I'm right here. So, you know, I mean, I know a lot of fairly prominent guys in the system, right? And, and, and you know, consider them to be friends. Um, but I started to kind of question some things within the system. And John and I had a really spirited, and by spirit, I, spirited, I, I largely mean he, he 
hates my ass at this point uh, conversation about this. Uh, and so I can't imagine you backed down very much. You don't seem like a back down kind of guy when somebody, when somebody <laughs> confronts you on something and you strongly disagree. Well, it wasn't even so much that he confronted me. It was that I, I, I came to him. So as I was, as I was actually prepping to go from my HKC to my RKC, right. As you know, getting ready for it. And I'm working with uh, my fitness director, Nate, who is an RKC and, you know, a good friend of mine. He, he, um, he's since moved on. He's now out at Equinox in LA. Um, and you know, we're both, I mean, like we're both kind of like sciencey, right? You know, it's like very CSCS kind of a mindset on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I very much believe that sports science is at its core, science right there's there's no secrets there's nothing to unlock it's not magic uh it's just science right you know so it's like test iterate evaluate and and exactly (laughs) it's it's not real complicated right and so if i look at a a personal training client really as a biology experiment with a brain um what i'm largely looking at is i'm looking at psychologically how do they learn right i taught college for about 12 years part-time right so i was a university of maryland faculty member teaching cardiology of all things. Uh, And so, you know, I kind of like to teach, you know, fundamentally, I I like people to understand why they're doing something and, and, and learn why an exercise is in their program to understand why I'm taking them through something in a certain way, understand why your elbow goes in this position, understand why your feet are in this way. Um, As I tell all my clients, I already have a wife, we're not getting married. I want you to outgrow me. My job as a trainer, some part of my professional ethics is, I don't want to be in your wallet. We're not getting together as a family. I like you as a client. I'll value you as a friend. I will treat you with the utmost respect and we will potentially be very good personal friends, right? But at the end of the day, you you don't hire a trainer because you need a permanent person leaning over your ear while you bench press. You hire a trainer to get you to something, to get you to a goal, to get you past a point. And there will be a time where you just don't really need them that much anymore. Uh, and you might come if back doing to the job, right? Right. If I'm doing my job right as a trainer, I should be working myself out of you need should work myself out of that job. And so while I'm practicing for my RKC and some of the stuff that I'm looking at, I'm going through my buddy Nate's RKC manual. Okay, and he he only took it a few months prior, so I know it was the current version, right? It wasn't some antiquated thing that Pavel forgot in the office when he quit to go to Strong First, right? Nobody will still talk about that reason, but, uh, you know, hey, whatever, man, kettle drama, gotta love that shit. Uh, (laughs) And so I'm reading through the book, and I'm like looking through the testing sheets, and I had talked to Andrea a couple of times about it, both, you know, in classes as well as, you know, after class. and some of the stuff that they were sort of like teaching started to kind of grate on me a little bit. And so if I'm sort of, well, things like they're kind of making up biologic terms. Like, like we, muscle confusion? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like muscle confusion. Um, your shield of strength. Really? Could, could you just say abdominal pressure? Intra-abdominal pressure is... You know, far too, far too, far too off brand. Right. You know, and so again, Mungo lift bell, uh, you know, it's like, I got Breathe it. behind the shield. You know, right. And it's like, you, you know, you've Which seen. Which I like that cue. There's nothing wrong with that cue, but it's not a, it's not a. Uh, it's bullshit. Like it's, it's not, it's not a scientific term. It's a, it's a, it's a psychological cue to get somebody to understand the concept that you're trying to, to, to get them to do. So as I start reading through more and more stuff in the RKC manual, I'm starting to notice that some of the things in there are just actually flat false claims. Um, and so then I start reading on, on the Dragon Door website and I'm starting to get more and more sort of annoyed by both the tone of it, you know, the, you know, are you man enough to take our cert? Um, you know, the, 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 the sort of, you know, big, strong, screw you, are you a badass, nasty Russian like me kind of tone to the whole thing. Which I get might have been sort of tongue in cheek, cool, but it, well, I don't even care about that. That's just that's just shtick, right? It's like I used yeah, to wear, yeah, I used was, to wear a marketing shtick. Yeah, yeah. It's like I used to wear a black hat and stand there in camo pants and yell at people. You know, it's like got it. It's shtick. 
Uh, you know, it's like, cool, you know, if I used to stand there and be known as Sergeant Mike, right? What the fuck? I don't care. Um, so, you know, whatever, man. Weren't you, a ca- weren't you a captain, though? Yeah, which is actually kind of funny because when they first, like, they're, they're like, so you're going to start off as a PFC. And I'm just like, well, that's a hell of a demotion. <laughs> I was just going to say, when did you get bust down to Sergeant? You got busted all the way down to PFC, huh? Wow. Well, arguably for a junior officer, that might be a promotion in certain people's eyes. But, uh, <laughs> Hey, in the fire department, I was a battalion chief. Does that count? Uh, so at least I can say I was a chief, right? Because the chief's mess is a bunch of communists. Uh, but uh, go Navy. Uh, you know, so, but as, I, as I'm reading through a lot of this stuff in these RKC system, and I'm starting to read stuff on, on their website, and, and, and they're sort of starting to arbitrarily use sort of pseudoscience words, which is something that generally tends to sort of stick in my craw, right? Uh, when they're starting to, you know, it's like... Um, uh, yes, you will unlock the secrets of strength. Okay, stop. First off, the body has no locks. There's no locks. Okay, there's no hardware, right? It's a fucking muscle, man. Uh, if it's locked, it means you need an orthopedist, uh, not a goddamn kettlebell instructor. Uh, the second thing is... Um, I, will, I, will, I will argue, though, the endocrine system, key and lock system, that is what they call it. Sure, it's not really necessarily involving strength, right? I, I know. I'm just, I'm, a, just being, I'm just being an asshole because well, I know you asshole know. I know, fuck you I, know you know, <laughs> I know you know the endocrine system, so I'll throw. I'll throw again. It out there. One, one asshole to another. Fuck you with love. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, and so like the secrets of strength, dude. There's no secrets. I hate this whole secret shit, right? So when I was undergrad, we used to go into GNC as undergrads. And basically troll the GNC guys and take bets on how long it would take them before they told you it was like steroids. You know, it's like, hey, so what's this L-carnitine do, man? Shh, it's like legal roids. Boom, 12 <laughs> seconds, pay me. Uh, you know, I mean, we used to, I mean, it's like, that's the thing, right? And so, unfortunately, in the fitness business, it, it really drives me crazy when you see a lot of these sort of like pseudoscience-y, bro-science-y kind of bullshit things. Like words like toning out of here with this toning you mean hypertrophy in a targeted way yeah cool i'm gonna build muscle why because i want to look around in all the right places cool that's not toning (laughs) out of here with that right you take your little neoprene wrap three pound dumbbells and gtfo right um yeah so i hate this sort of cosmopolitan bullshit pseudoscience marketing approach that tends to happen in and so I started really questioning when, when I'm reading through most of the stuff in the RKC system, and it, it's just loaded with that stuff. It's absolutely possibly loaded with it. And as I start reading more and more about the system, I start to question, do I want to be a, really a part of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I start engaging a little bit within that instructor community in their own forums. Um, and I start asking, you know, kind of pointed questions about things. Like, um, hey, um, why do we bother prescribing weights for the instructor test. And they go, well, what do you mean? I said, well, weight's a variable. Um, it doesn't matter if I can do this technique with a 42-kilo kettlebell or an 8-kilo kettlebell. My form is right or my form is wrong. If this is an instructor certification, shouldn't the focus be on can I properly deliver the training to a client? Can I teach somebody? This is an instructor cert, right? They go, right. I said, so shouldn't 98% of the focus be on how I teach, how I program for somebody, not my personal feats of strength? And they basically say, well, you have to use more weight in order to be able to actually really dial your form in, right? Because you can fake form with light weight. I'm like, well, no, not really. And they go, well, <laughs> what do you mean? I said, okay, so if you take a look at like USA Weightlifting Level 1, right? They're their base coach cert. Probably about half of that class is taught with a PVC pipe that weighs about six ounces. Yeah, a dowel. <laughs> a dowel, right, exactly. I'm sitting there going, form is form, dude. Um, so this whole, you have to do it with 24 kilo kettlebells is, is sort of seems a little arbitrary to me. Where did that yeah. come from? What's the point of this? It's a, it's a personal, it's a personal uh, thing of mine, too, that kind of sticks in my craw because, you know, you, essentially you're getting at the whole thing of coaching proficiency is not ability to do the actual thing right bill belichick is not the best coach in the nfl because he's a hall of fame football player he right he's a great coach (laughs) he never made it to the nfl because he doesn't have the physical capability to be the best football player but guess what 
he's a great fucking football coach. Yeah, like, I'm going to look at his hands and look at all the rings, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, that's, that, that's a bullshit argument, right? And so within the RKC system, I started asking these kinds of questions uh, about things like, hey, what's with the snatch test? And they're like, it's a rite of passage. I'm like, okay. Why is it? It's to, it's a, it's, it's to show that you have that you have conditioning. I said, I don't give a shit if I have conditioning. I give a shit if I can help condition my client. And they go, well, but, but, um, and you rapidly go within that system, and, and, and you see it pretty routinely, right? Where everything runs from. The first thing is, hey, why do we do this? The second thing is the bullshit bro science that follows, which when you then counter that with actual science becomes a dick measuring contest. Um, you know, where you get called, let's see, so what have I been called by RKC SFG folks? I've been called a Poindexter and a lab coat. That one made me laugh. I, I personally took pride in that one. Um, uh, so let's see, um, I was attacked by a bunch of, uh, of, of Paul Wade, who, who the fuck is that, right? Uh, a bunch of Paul Wade people when I questioned the ISO chain while they were trying to roll that one out. And, and I said, you know, like, so they had a whole bunch of claims on this. I said, so what I'm largely seeing here is a short pull handle on a bed spring with a fishing scale. And you tell me that if I yank on that and hold that same position for 17 and a half minutes, I'm going to get massive, right? Absolutely. Okay, so let me go ahead and explain the role of isometrics in muscular development. <laughs> they don't build muscle. Don't go poindexter on me, okay? Exactly. I was like, um, John, they don't build muscle. And John's like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, you're making flat false claims. You're selling snake oil, man. And he's like, they're not false. I was like, dude, I am on PubMed right now. I've just spent the last two days reading journal articles. And every one of them says that the primary function of isometric exercise is to maintain it is only really useful in rehabilitative settings. It will not gain any hypertrophy. You're making a scientifically patently false claim, John. And holding things, holding things steady, keeps things steady. Weird. Right. It's it's like if you, I am pulling you stabilize joints and you stay and your muscle mass <laughs> stays stays the same. Or it, I might get stronger in that exact one position. Uh, it's like, great. So how many positions theoretically, you know, like microfascicular positions might I have in a typical major muscle group, right? You know, a couple thousand. Sweet. So if I run this program for four to six weeks of neural adaptation in every single position, in about 29 years, I'm going to gain about two centimeters of diameter. How about you just do squats? I'm just saying I'm probably going to be able to get you a gain faster and a whole hell of a lot, you know, but it doesn't cost $495, and it's not from Paul Wade, who to this day, nobody knows who the Paul Wade even is, right? Uh, and, and so I sort of look at the whole thing, and I'm just like, look, this isn't me trying to be hostile. This is me, like, flat out saying, let's up our game. And so while some of this stuff generationally might have worked um, with, like, the Joe Weider era guys uh, or with, like, some of the, the, the older meat and potato boomer types, I'm just kind of a bitter, grumpy Gen Xer. And I look down at a lot of my millennial friends and clients, and they're looking at it going, yeah, this is a fucking joke. Um, they view the tone as being toxic. They view it as condescending. And, and, you know, and, and I, I personally hate the term toxic masculinity to begin with. I think it's a crock of shit. Uh, you know, it's like you're, you're just a person. I don't really care if you're a dude or, or, or not a dude, right? If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the whole tone of that system and of that company really largely became um, that they want their instructors to demonstrate personal feats of strength because the Russian kettlebell challenge just changed the name challenge to certification and never really matured into an actual pedagogically sound educational system. And so I asked John, I said, would you be open to a couple of suggestions? And he goes, sure. What are you suggesting there, Mike? And I said, okay, well, Professor Mike, the Poindexter in the lab coat, now has a few suggestions for you here, right? So, Did you go Martin Luther and like pound the, 
No, no, no. Reforms onto the door. No, I mean I'm I'm reasonably dispassionate about the whole thing at this point. It's like I'm going to give you fifteen hundred bucks. I don't think I will. Uh, you know, it's really a matter of I'm a customer and I'm questioning your product quality at this point. You know, it's not a cheap cert. Uh, no, so, certainly and, not. You know, I mean, if I'm going to spend fifteen hundred bucks on a cert, I better damn well believe in it. Uh, I mean, that's an expensive cert. And so the first question I asked him, I said, is, is being a certified personal trainer a prerequisite to be an RKC? And he said, no, it is not. I said, why? And he goes, well, we don't think it needs to. It's a specialty cert. I said, right, but you are out there saying this is a certified instructor. Certified instructor to the public has a meaning to it. There is an implied contract that you are making when you are saying that somebody is certified, that you are presenting them to the public as safe, effective and qualified for your fitness needs. In the absence of any base education in kinesiology, in basic physiology, and even some level of corrective exercise to say what is an indication or a contraindication to do some of these exercises. And ballistic exercises and kettlebells can hurt you. Right? We all know this, right? They can hurt you. They can hurt you very make, badly. Make, make no mistake. Um, moving, moving load quickly can injure you rapidly. Shocking. It's crazy, right? When I have a cannibal with a handle and I swing it very hard, um, I can, in fact, damage myself or property or the guy standing next to me because the poor bastard got hit, right? I mean, it's like there are specific things that are beyond uh, the RKC manuals of fast feet or safe feet. Okay, so what, just jump if you drop a bell? That's your entire safety model. Fantastic, I'm gonna think that might be a little bit light. Um, and so, uh, and so they go, and he goes, well, no, we don't. I said, okay, so how are you teaching what is a contraindication to performing some of those big six exercises? And he goes, well, what do you mean by contraindication? I said, there are certain people that should not do swings. And he goes, well, what do you mean there are certain people that should not do swings? I said, well, it's, 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 it's very simple, right? So if I have somebody with, say one of my clients has a torsional scoliosis from T5 to L2, she is concave on the right side. Should she be doing snatches? And the answer to that is probably not. Uh, you know, um, her doctor specifically said, do not go into spinal extension. I cannot accurately and completely make sure that she will not go into thoracic extension while doing a stitch. It is a contraindicated exercise. Where in your program, as the experts in kettlebell instruction, have you provided that? Well, she just needs a medical clearance. I said, no. You're reporting your people as certified experts. Any trainer knows this. Every single certified personal trainer understands the anatomy of going, eh. even though a rookie's going to go, eh, it smells a little funny to me, right? RKC doesn't include that sort of thing. And so when I'm asking John why he doesn't include CPT, I said, here's a suggestion around getting around. He goes, what's that? I said, if you aren't certified as a trainer, you get a certificate of completion. If you are, pre if you've met the prerequisites, you get an instructor certification. We are not giving you the title if you haven't met the prerequisites, right? And he goes, well, we're not going to do that. Yeah, okay. People aren't going to pay $1,500 for a certificate of completion, and that's the Exactly. That's the and I said, well, if you're trying to sell it as an instructor cert, there is an, there is an expectation that somebody is actually qualified in anything other than teaching six lifts because anybody who's ever worked in a gym knows that the amount of weird stuff that a trainer gets asked on a daily basis is pretty substantial, right? He didn't want to hear that. I said, okay, so now let's go ahead and turn to a second thing. He goes, yeah. I said, you got a book. It's 200 pages long. You're a publisher primarily. He goes, right. I said, why don't you have a written test? Well, what do you mean? I said, how do you prove that people know any of the back half of the book, which is how to program, um, how to implement uh, phasing for kettlebells. It's all in their manual. It is very clearly in the RKC book, but there's no written test. There's no way to prove competency on that. And he goes, well, we assume that they, that, that they got that during, during the seminar. I said, what, that they just like, mentioned the word program and go at this station? And how are you evaluating that in any sort of meaningful or objective way? Because if they can do 200 snatches in 10 minutes, they must understand how to program. Clearly, clearly, right? And, and so you know, with, with a 24 kilo kettlebell, regardless of their age, weight, or physique, 
you know, and, and so when I'm asking him these questions, and he's just giving me pushback on it, I said, all right, so now I look at your, your test. Let's, let's turn to the skills test. He goes, yeah, I said, I'm all about skills test, right? I don't think you should ever be certified as a trainer in something if you haven't demonstrated you can actually do the freaking thing you're teaching people. What I do have questions for is why are you prescribing reps and weights? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, so one of Mike's sort of training holy rules is never triple constrain your athlete. And that means you don't tell them how big a weight, the number of reps, and how fast to lift it on the same exercise. That's how you hurt people, right? That's, that's something CrossFit learned early on, right? You don't say you will do 135 pound overhead presses 37 times in 12 minutes. Okay, well, that's why they got hurt. So when they basically started saying, okay, yeah, so you're going to do as many reps as you can in 12 minutes, okay? That's where AMRAP came around, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was breaking that triple constraint. I said, so everything within the instructor test is focused upon, okay, I'm going to do in five minutes 124 kilo snatches. That's right. I said, you understand that's like a rank one in most GS tables, right? I said, this is somebody who's been training for a long time to be able to do what effectively amounts to 200 and 224 kilo snatches in 10 minutes. I said, so if you break that in half, right, that's a rank one GS. He said, I said, is that where you came up with the number to begin with? Uh, and he couldn't answer me. I said, so... Would, 100 is just a round number. <laughs> well, no, it's one, it falls back down to because Pavel said so. And... It usually, and, and, and this is sort of where you get that cult-like thing that sort of ultimately put me out of the system and basically said, you know what, I'm, I'm done with you guys. Uh, because at this point, RKC is really nothing but SFG 1.0. Um, you know, because when you take a look at the SFG materials, they are literally RKC materials that have just been buffed up a little bit. Their website is literally just the same website without all the bullshit on it. Uh, the test is almost identical. <laughs> Um, and it's basically, it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's because it's the same dude, right? So it's very clear that both of them are exactly the same because the dude said so. Uh, and, and so when you look at that from the matter of a rationale, why is that in a system that is targeted as an instructor certification? It doesn't make sense to me. It genuinely doesn't. And so when you'll see, and you'll see it like in the Kettlebell Kings forum, um, you'll say something like, you know, you'll get somebody who will, just a rookie, who will be like, hey, what size kettlebell should I be starting with if I've never done swings before? And the we're answer both, is... We're both depends guys there. We're, we're both depends guys. You and I both are in there all the time going, <laughs> it, it depends. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't know. Are you an experienced weightlifter? How big are you? Do you have any injuries? Should you even be doing swings at all at this point, right? What's uh, your goal? <laughs> yeah, why are you lifting the bell to begin with? Right? What's the thing you're actually doing this for? And and, and then, but then you'll get the, the guys that come out, you know, the, the, the Pavel acolytes will come in and it's like, 20 kilos. Okay, how the hell did you just not even, you've never even seen a picture of this dude. <laughs> and you're prescribing exercise to him. Um, yeah, their, their, their profile picture is literally a picture of their six-year-old child. Uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, you're telling you're telling them to pay. They must start with a 24 kilo bell because they're a man, right? Yeah, and, and, and so I started looking at these things, right? And, and the system just became more and more just like perennially off-putting to me. And so, if you think the system you're advocating for is bullshit, why are you still advocating for it? As a matter of just like personal ethics, why would you do that? And it gets real quiet every time you ask that question. It's a good question. You know, and it's kind of like, if you don't believe in the system you're pimping, stop pimping it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's not that hard, right? Um, but there's a know. personal cost to that, though. That, that's, that's, the, that's, the hard, like, that's the hard truth behind that, right? Is there's a personal cost to that, and people are invested. There's cognitive dissonance. There's, pot, you know, there's the whole concept of being pot committed at, at a certain point, right? I've, Absolutely. I've, I've invested so many times, and like, why do people stay in bad marriages? Well, I've invested, I've invested 15 years in this person. I, you know, I don't want to walk away now because uh, I'm. They might change. Whatever. 
right. or, or well, they might change or or I might end up alone. There's a, it's it's usually it's usually more around the fear behind the fear behind it usually, right? Is is actually more the is more the thing the reason the person stays, right? You know, it's like, well, what am I gonna if I'm not an RKC, what am I gonna do, right? What you know? Right. And so you look at it from the angle of it, right? And, and these people they they got the big red chicken on the wall, uh, you know, they, they got the double headed red chicken on the wall, um, you know, and, and and they wear nothing but red T-shirts, right? And 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 they 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 sort of worship at the church of Pavel, uh, and and becomes so much a part of both their personal and professional identity that this is what I am, rather than this is who I am, and they have a very mm -hmm. difficult time making that mental cleave. And so, what usually ends up becoming much more fun um, is when you 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 then ask questions of folks like this in, in public fora, right? So like in a Facebook group or an Instagram uh, or, or, or at a conference or something like that. And clocking the speed by which you get called a pussy. Uh, you know, um, and, and, and so my running joke is it's usually, you know, it's like, you know, there's, there's the old uh, thing of, you know, shirt tails to shirt tails in three generations, right? Uh, it, 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 it's best friend to pussy and three posts on Facebook. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so when you start asking any of these questions, it's, it's, it's almost not even sporting at this point to sort of see how rapidly it goes to name calling um, mm. within folks that are within those, those, those systems, right? And the only real common denominator within those is Pavel. Right, he's the only common denominator between the two, so one can only assume that culturally that culture attributes back to him, uh, because the two systems, those two instructional systems, tend to have that very, very similar kind of culture to them. It tends to be relatively anti-intellectual, uh, tends to be um, "thou shalt not question," and to me, honestly, it looks very similar to something that's uh, that's cult deprogramming, right? Um, you know, I I will do this because I will do this. Okay, well, why? Um, and, and and again, it's you know the short fat Jewish kid, right? You know, what's the word Israel mean? Argues with God, uh, so I don't really care. Uh, so <laughs> let's rock, man, uh, and, and so. Uh, eventually I got to the point where, and, and like probably two years ago, I got so fed up with the whole thing, but I genuinely believe in the systems themselves, right? I think that they, they, they have amazing things that they have done for, for a lot of people. Mm. And so I called John and I actually asked him if he would sell RKC to me. Uh, and he goes, what, like sell you a cert? I said, no, sell me the system. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, let me buy the intellectual property. I want to own it. Dragon Door won't own it anymore. It will be Mike. I will own it. And he got real quiet. He said, yeah, I'm just not interested in selling right now. I said, hey, cool. Call me if you are. And that was the last time I ever spoke to the man. Uh, and so <laughs> it's about two years ago. I'm pretty well PNG'd from his system at this point. But, you know, again, you know, it's like I, I, I genuinely believe that if you're going to have a system and you're going to be impactful in the system, the system ought to be backed up um, with the trust of clients in mind. And I could not in good conscience look at a client and say, hey man, you know, let's do this thing. So, um, Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi-Wright. If you have a question, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, on Twitter at TCKB Club, online at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com, and please help us grow our reach and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.